Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, Carefree Blurred on Twitter and TikTok, Carefree Black Nerd on IG and YouTube. So I saw a movie and I have a review. This movie is very interesting. The legendary John Woo directed this high energy high stakes action packed film and it was a wild ride from start to finish so um just as a heads up there will be spoilers in this episode of carefree black nerd podcast if you intend to watch silent night and you do not want to be spoiled please feel free to check out any other carefree black nerd podcast uh on the channel and if not, uh, if you don't care about spoilers, go ahead and dive in. There are visuals of this entire review over there on the YouTubes, and I'll link those in the show notes as well. All in all, man, we got to the end of the year. This is a interesting time in our lives, both in America and worldwide. So I do hope that, um, you know, you have some fun listening to and watching this. And if this is the last time... Uh, You guys hear my voice for this year. Have a happy new year. Have a happy holiday. And we're going to check back in to 2024. All right. So Silent Night is a film directed by John Woo, legendary John Woo. Now, to start off, my only um, experience with John Woo has been Mission Impossible 2, which came out in 2000, and Face Off from 1997. And now that I've seen this movie and I consider those two specifically face off. This, this movie is wild. It, 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 I can definitely see this movie placed firmly in the face off universe. And I'm going to, I'm going to declare that right now. (laughs) But in this movie, Um, On Christmas Eve, a man witnesses the death of his young son when the boy gets caught in a crossfire between warring gangs. Recovering from a wound that costs him his voice, he soon embarks on a bloody and grueling quest to punish those responsible. Alright, so let's get right into general thoughts. (sighs) This movie was interesting this movie was definitely an action movie like if you want to see some action this is the movie for you um i'll say that overall i do think this was a well done movie now there were parts in it that had me very nervous because i saw i don't even think i saw a full trailer of this movie i maybe saw it mentioned on social media i was like oh i'll go see that then i decided i'm going to see this movie then i watched the trailer and i was like oh okay so when i got to the movie it was definitely something that i was not expecting now i will say of course spoilers going forward for this movie full spoiler review i was afraid and we'll get more into it when we discuss the characters but i was very much afraid that this was some sort of maybe propaganda film and it's not it and i think they kind of told the line a bit but even within that it's not overt um i think the highlighting of like the gang culture is the thing that probably has that stuck in my head also the rodney king movie or the 1992 the film about the rodney king beatings that stars um Tyrese also the preview played before this movie so for me my mind kind of put those together but that being neither here nor there the movie itself 
I think was well done. It's not without its flaws whatsoever, but I did enjoy it. And because <laughs> the standard to make something a holiday movie is just for the movie to happen in Christmas, <laughs> like look at the Friday movies. I, this is definitely a holiday film. This is something that I could see you maybe putting on at a holiday party where if you have a couple screens going and they're on mute with the, with the music playing, this is one of those movies I think would be pretty fun. Um, all in all, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the takes that they took on the movie to make it a little bit different. I enjoyed, I thought cinematography was great. I thought the action scenes were phenomenal, though at times very Avengers level, very Daredevil, very Netflix, street level, hero, like everybody in this movie is an Avenger. <laughs> so you got that to look forward to. So if you do want a kind of fun, gore gruesome action pack because there's a lot of blood there is blood in here there are there were several times in this movie where i was like well i jumped and not because i'm squeamish but because they were just hitting it and this makes me think i need to revisit face off because i'm sure the gore gruesomeness wasn't to that same degree in 97 but because this is a john woo movie i'm i'm curious i'm curious so <laughs> Now for the plot, the main character, Brian, he is dealing with losing his voice through gun violence and also losing his child and losing his voice while trying to avenge his child that was murdered. And him and his wife go through this like whirlwind of emotions dealing with the aftermath of this very terrifying event that they've experienced. And it is... Ah, it, this movie is so, like it's grounded in reality, but there are certain parts of it that feel almost surreal, almost elevated to like an absurd degree. And again, because Mission Impossible 2, which is already like an Avengers film, just like the Fast uh, Furious franchise, I don't think it's enough to pull you out of the film. There may be a moment or two where you're like, okay, what, what the hell is going on here? What is happening here? But I think that overall, the movie is solid. you got a beginning, middle, and end, and you have this treatment of it, which I'll just get right into it. This movie is silent. It is completely silent. So if you saw the trailer, you noticed that in the trailer for this movie, there's nothing but holiday music playing. I think Silent Night is playing. And... I thought that was like an aesthetic directing choice, editing choice, but no, the whole movie is silent. So in the movie, you may have maybe, and I'm being really generous, 10 minutes of actual audio spoken. And in that, that is from um, the radio. There's some police radios you hear um, some speaking, and then there's like the regular radio from the car that you hear. And then there is the wife speaks ever so often but it's always something like that's a, a a high emotional situation where like when the son taylor was murdered she i want to say she said baby no, no no i'm sorry the aftermath of taylor um being murdered when they finally came back home brian and his wife and he lost it and she spoke to him but it was so soft that yes you could hear it i was in a the movie theater but even if you don't hear it it's like, oh, well, because nothing changes uh, because her emotion, emotions rang through. There was a moment 
where else did she speak? She spoke another time when they eventually got a divorce. Like when she, they split. I don't know if they got divorced, but they split. And before she left the house and it was like, I'm okay. Or you're okay. Or we're going to be okay. Or something like that. But it was so soft. It was just loud enough to register as her speaking, but not loud enough for you to, if you're not really paying attention, you're not going to hear her. And I thought that was a choice. And I thought it was a pretty good choice. I, um went into it not knowing that this was going to be a silent film and I'm happy that I didn't because at first when we had the initial opening with the inciting incident and the the constant back back to back to back um uh kind of movement running through those scenes I assumed all of that would be silent then he'd lose his voice and it'd be silent but then the rest of the film you know we'd see people speaking Boy, was I wrong. And once I realized, oh, no, no, this isn't just a choice for the beginning of the movie. This is the entire movie. I was like, yes, this is exactly what I needed. So with movies, one of my biggest issues in the last couple years has been we're getting the whole movie in the trailer. Now, before y'all come for me, I understand that it's done intentionally to get folks to want to see the movie into the theaters, blah, whatever. But there's something in the back of my head where I'm like, have trailers always been this way? And I'm just now like as an adult who is reviewing media and like critiquing media and breaking down media, is it now is it a personal thing like, oh, I personally don't like that or or is it like I'm truly fed up with everything being spoiled or everything, the whole story being told? But that's probably not going to change and not no time soon so that I can get over it. But with this movie, the way I, reason I bring it up is because with this movie, me going into it, not knowing anything about it, seeing that trailer and then in the midst of the movie, realizing that it was an entirely silent film, that to me gives this movie if i was going to do like a one through ten and let's say i was going to rate it like a six that for me would rate it at an eight because i within consuming mainstream media have not really been shocked at many things i haven't seen a lot of things doing things different and that's not even a, a dig at anyone because tried and true methods yield results there are only what seven types of stories to be told and they're just repackaged with different aesthetics and characters so it's not a bad thing but the fact that i didn't expect this and that i maybe suspected something and then when i realized the whole film was silent i was like yes so even though this movie does have its flaws and drawbacks i still would rate it a bit higher based off that alone so even within watching the trailer Again, I thought it was just a editing choice to make the trailer silent with just music, but like they really killed it with that. So kudos, shout out to John Woo and the whole team and everybody. Um, so now let's get let's get to the characters. And we got Joel Kinnaman who plays um Brian. Brian Godlock, which Dope name, very comic bookish, but I want to go over Joel and where I know him from. So Joel, I first saw him in The Killing, and I watched that on the streaming app that start with the letter N. So I watched him on that years ago. That came out from 2011 to 2014. So when I saw it, it had to have been like 2012. That series is so dope. It is so dope. By the time this video goes up there should be a podcast with me discussing vampires and colorism and there is emphasis on twilight and the reason i like twilight is some of the same reasons i like the killing yes they're two totally different projects with two totally different quality and types of work but they are both moody and dark moody and dark and there's something that you could just throw on and just let it play like it really fits the aesthetic of my personal life it's just calm 
quiet, moody. And so the killing is where I first met him and I enjoyed his performance. Now for me, I think at that time, if I can recall, he was a new face, but he looked kind of familiar. Now I didn't know him prior to this, of any of his work, but he he had a familiar look like like a um like a neighbor like a like a dude you see at the toll booth or you see at the groceries like he just had a really regular down home look and i like appreciated that but i don't think i put that into words at that time so i saw him in that he was also in suicide squad um and then he also was in hannah now hannah from where from 2019 to 2021 the series uh, chef's kids i ended up as a quick aside, I watched Hannah and I watched, um, what's the, what's the, what is the spy film with, with, uh, Jim Halpert? Um, I can't remember. I'll put it on screen if I remember, but I watched those back to back. So almost like they were in the same world. Again, another set of shows that I'm like, they're moody, they're dark. I'm for it. But so I saw him in that. I saw him in Suicide Squad. Um, he was in, uh, Altered Carbon. That's where I saw him. I was like, okay, I like him in The Killing. And in Altered Carbon, he did pretty good too. And so I don't want to go so far as to say I'm like this super fan, but I do like him when I see him in things. He has not disappointed me yet. Anything I've seen him in, even if I haven't liked the project, I thought he did pretty good. So kudos to him for that. Um, that being said, Silent Night, I think, is very much online with the things that he has done. And I don't know, let me see. You know how we'll look at an actor, actress, and we'll kind of track their movies and their projects and how they've grown and advanced and kind of try to predict, oh, they'll be the next this, they'll be the next that. I can't really do that with him, but it isn't so much like his performance. I think it's just in the way that media is presented now and how there isn't a true like action hero star like there was back in the maybe 70s 80s and 90s because of the way we consume media now so i can't paint him into any role but i can say that when it comes to physicality he is probably someone you want to look for um being from michigan and which it doesn't really matter but kind of sort of he reminds me of an eminem he reminds me of certain men who i saw when i was growing up and so I'm not a stan of his, but I like him. And so whatever he's in next, I'll probably see anyway. So kudos to Joe. Shout out to him. Um, then we have none other than Kid Cudi. He played uh, pro Professor, no, <laughs> Detective Ves Ves Vassal. And he killed it too. So like, I'm a fan of Kid Cudi. I can say that. And I really like his acting. He's been in a lot of different projects that... Um, I think are varied enough that you see his range. Again, Joe, Joe was a great actor. I think he can do his job, but Cuddy, mm, I am a fan. So I did, um, I haven't watched Intergalactic yet, which I need to, but he was in, I did a podcast on it. What is that show called? Uh, it was uh, We Are Who We Are. And I'll link that podcast as well, those, because uh, I think it was two episodes. Either way, I'll link that. He killed it. So in this, with this being a silent film, I did not doubt anyone's performance. Like, there's no one who was on screen. I was like, oh, they're probably going to be terrible. And that thought never entered my mind. My only concern was, how are you guys relaying emotion in this very 
silent film. You cannot use words. They would mouth some things sometimes. And he mouthed like, what the fuck, a couple times. Like you could see, I think every actor accurately display their frustration, their emotion and everything without words. Especially Mrs. Um, Catalina Sandino Moreno. Colombian actress. She played the mom and the wife. Um, she She's in From. I haven't seen From yet, but I heard that's a good series. She was also in Custody. I haven't seen that. She's been in things that I have not seen, but these look like pretty good movies. She killed it. I was like, yes, mama, I feel you. Yes. So I think she did a really good job at, at getting across her emotion and her specifically because she was the concerned partner at the hospital. She was, then we did the flashback and showed Taylor dying. And so she was very much the mom reaching out, dealing with the stress, then also being like the caretaker slash, you know, lover, of course, of Brian and like seeing her kind of get fed up with his ish. You know, he would get drunk. He would wallow in his self-pity and sadness, which is to be expected. Your son was murdered. You no longer have access to your voice. You are now a changed person in a matter of a couple seconds than you were before. So not to say that that's a terrible thing, but I think she did a good job at getting her um, frustration across. And there were some times where they cut to her and it was like, <sighs> This isn't necessarily bad or negative. It's just for me personally, I felt like what, what is, what is happening? So there were times where she would get ready for work and he would be in the garage getting himself drunk and she'd look through the door and text him. So that's the most speaking is that they would text and she's like, oh, where's my keys? I'm late for work or something. And he said, oh, I don't know. And keep it moving. But there was something in her looks that she would give him at times. I was like, I don't, I don't know that this choice translates on its own but in combination with everything else that happened in the movie i think it did but i was like mm, i wonder if there's something else that she could have done but long story short she got the point across and she was very frustrated at his behavior so much so that the moment that they were actually splitting up <laughs> it kind of took me by surprise for a second. So I'm someone who prides myself on like recognizing patterns. So I'm able to kind of predict what's going to happen in pretty much any show, movie or anything to a really good degree. So if, if I may not have a hundred percent guessing rate, but I'm, I'm right there at 90 to 1.689321 or something. I'm very close. And I wonder if the lack of speaking maybe hindered that for me, which I don't know. Um, so throughout the movie where we see that they are growing further and further apart and we can see that she's getting fed up when she finally does get fed up. You're not aware of it right away, but they're on the couch and she's in his arms and sleeping. And I'm like, oh, they made up, you know, they're finally about to get it together. But that's actually when she's leaving him. And that's when she says something like, it's OK, we're going to be OK. And I, I remember hearing her words, but. A lot of this movie's beauty is that you are projecting your own ideas onto it. So when she said that, in my mind, I'm thinking they finally had a conversation about their son. But it wasn't until soon as they stood up and she started walking and he was behind her. I was like, oh, no, 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 they're they're done. And lo and behold, she picked up her luggage and walked out the door and they were done. And I... Oh, 
talking through this, though I do have my reservations about parts of the movie, I do think that I'm starting to like it more. I think I'm starting to like it more just through talking through the movie. So all of that happens. Miss Miss uh, Catalina, kudos to you. She did a really good job. Um, so who else? There was, there was quite a few people in this movie. Harold Torres. Harold Torres, he played the big bad wolf. He played the big bad guy. And one of the things that made me kind of frustrated with the movie initially was it felt like and y'all talk to me in the comments if you feel this way or even if you dispute it but it felt like they were going the route of like big bad brown people being evil so we got to get rid of them and i that that felt a little i don't know there were there were times in the movie where i was like okay what what's what's really happening here like is this the movie we're gonna get that's when i thought it was like oh copaganda but it was a lot they focused a lot on the gang culture and i believe we were in la we're in california so even though i felt that way initially i kind of pulled back because that's not the area in which i was raised that's not my um i'm not intimately familiar with any la any um uh, what we'll see is like gang activity that you'll see highlighted in a movie based in California. That's not my life. I'm not familiar. So I was like, I feel this way, but is it me not being in the know um, from my personal experience? Or is it truly like this is this white man get revenge on all of these brown people like Ronan when Hawkeye during the snap went crazy and killed all those damn pocs who were criminals when like you are from america where there's a ton of fucking white terrorist organizations that are terrorizing people here but you didn't go after the kkk and nothing you went all the way to yakuza but i digress um once i saw that brian wasn't a cop that he was like a like a cable installation person or something like that i was like all right maybe this ain't what we get so with those initial concerns i um I got I got over it and kind of just enjoyed the movie for what it was, which was a pretty good movie. There were some choices made. Now I don't understand the intricacies of firearms and other weaponry, weaponry, but some of this felt like how are we reloading this gun this degree? The one thing that really got me that I was like, okay, now y'all just fucking playing in my face. There is a kind of daredevil hallway scene type scene where he is, he has infiltrated, Brian has infiltrated the building of the gang members. And he is taking these motherfuckers out one by one. And now that isn't really an issue because whatever, it's an action film. We got to get the bad guys, sure. But there was this moment when he slid his bicycle underneath the door before it closed. And he got in and he started taking people out. I was like, okay. But moments before, the very fact that he's even there is because he got a text message from a phone he confiscated that had a group chat with all these other uh, gang members saying, come back home now to home base. I was thinking, if you just, as the criminal mastermind, just received a text from your homeboy on the scene who's documenting all of the murders, and then the phone gets taken, and you, again, as the criminal boss, are watching your homeboy who was just doing the reconnaissance be murdered, and now that person has sent you a video, 
it would lead you to believe that the person who is your homeboy on the inside is not the one who sent you the video of his own death. So when you do the group message to everybody to come back to home base, why not exclude his number? I was like, why are you still corresponding with everyone in a group chat? That makes no sense. Also, could, was this even a group chat before? Because when the when Brian killed that guy and then sent the video, no one else responded? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it again. But I was like, this is weird. So when Brian shows up and he is like, so they're in this warehouse, which is like this, I think it's a, a, a glass factory or something. I was thinking... Why is this criminal headquarters so dirty? This feels disgusting and dirty. It feels like, but I'm also like, maybe that's what happens. But like, also, do we not have a better home base? But think of like, um, like a bunch of flights, like maybe 20, 28 levels high or whatever, 16, 20, I don't know, whatever is high. So Brian is essentially coming into the facility and going up this spiral staircase. And I say spiral, not like we see in like classic new homes, but like, it's like a brick stairwell that's on whatever you'll see, watch the movie, <laughs> but he goes up and he's shooting people and taking them out. And I'm thinking if we are at war, if we are at war right now, which aside a quick aside he made a point of like writing out on his calendar where he documented everything start a war but i was like a gang war and i'm thinking and, and this is just my ignorance so y'all let me know is the gang war a gang war if it's the the gang members of the police is that not just like rival factions i feel in my mind a gang war is gang a and gang b fighting each other that's not what happened here so either i'm um uninformed or that was worded differently but i was like that's it's not a gang war but let me know in the comments if i'm wrong so when everyone came back i'm thinking okay i saw at least four cars in front of him so there gotta be at least let's say let's say it's 20 people already there let's say is the 15 20 15 people who pull up why are we going at this man one by one why are we doing this? Like, okay, we don't know he's there, but there are enough of us in this building. And why are we not talking to each other? He should not have been able to take these people out. Now, this is why I say this is a fucking Avengers movie. This man is shooting these people, just reloading, shooting. Now, some, some of these Latin men is going down, but some of these Latin men is popping right up like they took a super soldier serum. And I said, why is he blowing these like there's one guy who got shot twice in the stomach and the chest like succession right he bounced back like you thought he was down but then he popped right back up i'm like bro what are we doing what are we doing i can suspend belief and be like some of these people may have on bulletproof vests but you the movie have not established that you've established that brian has on a bulletproof vest but everybody else is just like tees tank tops polos like they're just civilian gear and they're getting I'm, it was so weird it was so fucking weird but i love them like whatever this is what we got this weird odd film where this brian is just taking these folks down so i do like within the film that we start off in april it's very clearly april now let's focus on that for a second because not i'm not policing anyone's clothing but when you make a movie and a TV show, everything matters. Nothing is just insignificant. So Brian is wearing a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer sweater. You saw it in the trailer. 
which led me to think that this movie happened during Christmas, which it does, we get to the Christmas season, but there it's April, it's right after Easter. And I was like, is there something culturally that I don't understand from like the West Coast where you celebrate Christmas in April? I've heard of Christmas in July. I was like, why is he wearing this? Why is he? So y'all let me know, cause I, it could just be a cultural blind spot there, a communal societal blind spot, but it was so weird. And I'm like, maybe it was done intentionally just like for the trailer, but the whole first part of the movie where we're actually in the month of April, he's wearing this Rudolph sweater. And so when his wife leaves, I think it's like September or whatever, but they go through the calendar showing him doing his montage because the whole second act of like fun and games is nothing but him building himself up, learning techniques, doing things to prepare for killing them on December 24th, right before Christmas. Like that, that's the point of the movie. And so I wonder, I said, what is going on? I, I, I think they mentioned Easter, but in Easter, I don't know, again, I'm from the Midwest. We ain't wearing no Christmas sweaters in Easter. We ain't even wore them in July, but I've heard of Christmas in July. So that kind of threw me off. But getting back to the topic again, it happens on Christmas Eve where he go through and annihilate these people. Now, Kid Cudi paying the detective. <laughs> when Brian first sneaks into this man's house, this um, this one of the Latin gang members after after doing some reconnaissance, which like he essentially he leveled up. He was a cable installation repairman or whatever. He became John Wick over. Now I ain't gonna say overnight. He did spend those months preparing. So, but I was like, what is what is your income like? You and your wife prior to this? You do have a nice home. Um, I'm not again. I'm not a realtor, so I would imagine even though there's gang activity around, it wasn't cheap to get this house. I mean, I've seen insecure the neighborhoods look a little nice. Um, but what are you doing? I think the wife was a nurse because I saw her in Scrubs when she left or possibly a doctor or whatever, but like, bro, what are you doing? Cause he spent money on his Batmobile. He spent money on his guns. He's like, he spent money. He got this big, nice camera, this big vlogging camera where he peeping out the sea, he doing research. And essentially what he did was drop off one of the bad guys to bad guys, gang members at um, Cuddy's door. And he's like, wrote him a little holiday car, which Brian was nothing if not campy and over the top. It was like, I'm going to make my point because you could have just wrote out on a letter. He went and got a Christmas card and said, I'm going to do what you, I'm going to finish what you should have finished or what you started, some shit like that. And Cuddy is going throughout the film after getting um, the criminal on his porch and he calls for backup and they take him away. He reads the card and goes through the jump drive and see all the evidence and whatnot. And he's like stressing about maybe should he go into this glass warehouse and 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 figure out what's what or help brian or whatever but cuddy and i'm bringing up his body not to um shame or like disgust him in like a sexual way or whatever but he's a small guy and so he has on i think a white t-shirt and then a, a a jacket like a members only style jacket and some jeans and I bring this up because this man ain't wearing no bulletproof vest. So when he walking up the steps, taking out folks too, I'm thinking like, y'all might as well be in pajamas. Just be in pajamas trying to take down this cartel, gang, whatever. Because I'm like, bro, you are an officer. You do not look prepared. You look like you're going in to teach a class or you're going in to drop your kids off at school. You do not look like you're ready for a shootout. What are you doing, Cuddy? Like, <laughs> so... 
so what? Um, but there is a moment between the two of them where they do meet up, not not intentionally. It wasn't set up for them to meet up and be friends, like, but they met up eye to eye after Brian took out Ruiz. Ruiz was a bad mother, bro. He was giving Brian a run for his money. Now, one of the things that kind of frustrated me is that we did get Brian being voiceless and no one else speaking in the movie. And I think had we have gotten a moment where him not being able to speak hindered him from getting something done or stopped him from getting something where the movie did a good job of like act one, two, and three, inciting incident, the fun and games, the dark night of the soul, the conclusion, like they did all of that. But I think using the non-verbal part as like uh, um just a feature of the film or an accent of the film was good and it was something i wasn't expecting but specifically in that moment where cuddy and him or De um detective vessel vassar whatever saw each other i think that would have been a great moment for there to be some confusion now i'm gonna get to aesthetics and this is what i why i think so cuddy is the only black person in this film and so he visibly looks different from both the gang members and from Brian. Brian is a white man who, in the midst of all the violence and smoke and stuff, he's lighter skinned, just like the um, like car cartel gang folks. So in my mind, I'm thinking that would have been a, a key great moment for Cuddy Detective to shoot him. Because you've already gone through and shot all these other gang members. And if I go into this room, because they never saw each other initially. Like when Brian got in, Cuddy wasn't there. So when when Brian went up the stairs, shot all these super soldiers, and then killed Ruiz and was just in this room with all this dust, that's when Cuddy came up. He should have shot at him. And Brian not being able to speak would have been a very good like to see him injured not from all of the gang members you had to fight but from the person who you you dropped off the um information to who was supposed to aid you in this that to me would have made for a a slightly better moment because now you as the police officer who did not call for backup you're doing something on your own that you're supposed to do you have now gone up trying to help the situation you're making it worse because you don't know he can't speak and then he can't speak and now he has to explain to you whatever so the movie still could have played out the same because they run into this girl who was strung out on heroin and she's part of the the big crime dudes, whatever. And she ends up taking them down. Like, I, I was like, all right, girl power, girl boss, fight, whatever. Because they hesitated. I'm not hesitating just because you're a woman. You with these dudes. You with them. You, you sleeping with them. You hanging out with them. You part of the gang. You got to go down just like the rest of these soldiers. Like, you... I'm not hesitating. As soon as he hesitates, she ah, got that boy in his stomach. But again, I just think if Brian had have had to confront Cuddy without being able to speak, that and him being shot, that would have been to me a much better play on the movie and on the character, especially because all of those gang members, for the most part, kind of got some licks off, but one of them stabbed him in the thigh. And he did not slow down. And I was like, what? This one, I'm like, is this a super... Why are, you, why are you not taken down by that? So instead of having that gang member stab him in the thigh, have Cuddy have shot him in the thigh before all the dust settles. And then, you know, there you go. A more, I think, more grounded, more important moment because your ally has now taken you down. But 
you know, what do I know? I just consume media. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. There were some things that I think were missteps, but all in all, I do think that this was a fun movie. And um, as far as a recommendation, would I recommend this movie? I would. Now, who would I recommend it to? If you're someone who likes action, if you like a lot of violence, a lot of gore, car chases, all that, this is for you. There, If you do not like gore, like blood and whatnot, I think you still can watch this movie, but there are certain points. There's maybe like four or five like quick scenes that are almost like a jump scare where you... You you need somebody else to watch this first to tell you when to turn your head because there's a moment in the very beginning where it's a final destination moment. Someone's head gets like impaled, and it happens. You can ex you can see it coming because of the way the shot is set up. But even when it coming, my mind was, oh, they're going to show Brian doing what he do, show the car, and then show Brian for the aftermath. No, 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 that's not what. No, John said, John Wu said, show it all. I want the blood everywhere. <laughs> and so I, I would recommend it if you like action, you like violence, you like gore, you like a, a nice little story with a button bow at the top, sure. Um, it is, it's a movie that I would like, I would like Joe and Halle Berry to have a face off of like avenging their children. <laughs> Because the way in which Halle Berry will go from sea to shining sea, from the sun to the moon to the earth to the stars, to get her kids back or taken care of ever since losing Isaiah, I want to see them two duke it out for like avenging their children. But uh, <laughs> all in all, it's a really good movie. Um, I hope you guys, if you've seen it, let me know what your thoughts are. If you hate it, if you love it, or were you familiar with Joe um, before this? Did you know that Kitty had Kitty? Cuddy <laughs> had a um, acting career and Miss Catalina Sandino Moreno. I want to see her in more stuff now because I think if she, they all did a really good job, but I'm familiar with the other two. With her, I would like to see how she acts when she has speaking uh, parts. Like, what, 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 what do you give me that? Because you gave me, you know, some good shit without speaking. What you gonna give me now? So that being said, thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. Leave any of your thoughts, uh, whether you agree or disagree, leave them in the comments and let me know. And is this a movie that you'd be interested in or is this not your type of Christmas movie? <laughs> Happy holidays to everyone who celebrates and um, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. And please, if you run into a situation where you got to wear something in Easter for 2024, don't let it be a Christmas sweater. I feel like that's why all this stuff happened. If he hadn't worn that Christmas sweater, he'd have been okay. <laughs> so